0: Welcome to the Marketing AI Sparkcast, the go-to podcast where we explore the exciting intersection of artificial intelligence and marketing. Our aim is to spark your curiosity and inspire you to infuse your marketing with AI. Join Abby Varma, a B2B marketing leader, as he navigates you through this dynamic and ever-evolving landscape where technology meets creativity. Hello, everybody. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about content and podcasting. So AI, as you guys know, is obviously reshaping every form of content creation, any form of content per se. But when it comes to podcasting, it's sort of changing everything from creation to listener engagement and everything in the middle and it's really sort of changing the podcasting industry on its head and whether you're a seasoned podcaster or you're just curious about kind of the evolving landscape of digital media this episode is going to cover ai driven innovations that are redefining the way we are going to produce distribute and experience podcasts right and i am Super excited to have uh, one of the leading podcasting evangelists uh, on the show today. Um, You've probably heard of the name if you're into podcasting. His name is A. Lee Judge. Lee, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Abby. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. So Lee is a co-founder and the CMO of Content Monster, which is a digital content marketing agency um lee has been innovating in digital and content marketing focused on b2b for over 25 years he's one of the top digital marketing voices on linkedin um, and is a forbes council member Interestingly enough, Lee and uh, Lee and I also share a personal connection. We worked for the same company a few years ago. We were in different different sort of teams, but we ran um, ran into each other at the coffee place, uh, uh, you know, every now and then. So, Lee, tell me a little bit more about Content Monster and a little bit about you. Uh, I know uh, from past conversations that you and me have had that there was some DJing in the, involved in the early years. So. <laughs> So would love to know um, uh, your background in Content Monster.
1: Well, uh, thanks again for having me, Abby. And yeah, the, the DJ part is something I used to never mention. But once I did begin to mention it, it actually made sense and played into my entire story. And, and I always encourage people to never leave out parts of their story. So um, the DJing part was a part of my early career as, as a content creator. You know, I didn't consider creating music and creating video and producing things as being a content creator because it was pre-creator influencer time frame but i've always been a creator since high school creating music and creating video and creating photos and so that career that i had as a side parallel career of creating things was always a side thing until around 20 i guess 15 16 or so when i realized the, I was given the title of a digital marketer by a company I worked for, and I had to figure out what is digital marketing, and I realized it was my chance to bring in my creative side with my nerdy analytics marketing side and combine those two things together. And in 2017, Content Monster was born out of me being a marketing director for this company, and I needed some video created for the company. And... I just went ahead and said, well, I have the equipment. I love creating video. Let me just create the video that I needed myself for the company I was working for. And from that, another company saw it on LinkedIn and said, Lee, I love this video you had for this company. Was it done by an outside vendor or by you? And I said, well, kind of both, you know. And there wasn't a conflict of interest. And so they became my first customer and Content Monster was born
0: awesome well um that's that nothing speaks like success right uh i think example that you did so i know we have a lot of ground to cover and we're going to talk very specifically about podcasting but before we uh dive into podcasting i want to sort of zoom out a little bit and talk about the the larger world of content uh, and content marketing and content creation and all of those things are getting completely appended by generative AI and all this AI noise and all these AI technologies. And and it's like early days if you think about it, right? Like yes. since this has all uh, sort of come about. So how does a modern day marketer approach content marketing in this sort of newly AI infused reality that we all seem to be living in?
1: I think the best way to approach it is you've just been giving a, given a world of new tools to do your job better. And it comes down to will you embrace these tools or will you become a purist and die away with those who don't embrace the tools? So it isn't a matter of the tools replacing you. It's a matter of will you be the one to use the tools? in every industry, especially creative ones, there are always new ways to do things. And sometimes we begin to be too pure about our, our craft to where we lose sight of the end result or the end user. So that, in a, in a nutshell, we have to realize it's just a tool and it's there for us to use.
0: Awesome. I mean, based on that response, it sounds like you're an AI optimist much like me and, um. Also, you you are a believer in a sort of leap of faith because I think a lot of marketing people just don't know where to
1: start. That comes from my experience in other industries, like when I was a DJ, for example. You know, we I began DJing with with records, with vinyl, and whenever uh, CDs came along, the purists said, "Oh, you're not a DJ if you're using CDs." Okay, well, some of those died off, and then came MP3s. Oh, you're not a DJ if you're DJing with MP3s, but yet they're still using CDs and vinyl. And then laptops came out. And then it went full circle where now we use laptops with vinyl, but the vinyl is just a controller that uses AI to control the MP3. So all that's evolution. And a lot of people got left in the stone ages because they didn't want to evolve with the craft or with the, with the technology. That happens with everything. I've seen it happen with photo design, whether it's Photoshop or Canva, or now it's mid-journey versus Dolly. You have to embrace these things because they're going to happen regardless. They're going to change. they are going to evolve. If you don't choose to embrace it, then you're going to become a purist and you're going to be left behind if you have any kind of commercial intention. Now, if you don't intend to do it for a job or to sell something, fine, be a purist Stick with your, your paintbrush and easel, stick with your vinyl records, stick with you know writing everything with a pen. You can do that. You can go back and write with a quill and some ink if you want to. But <laughs> at some point, right. you have to embrace a technology if you have any kind of commercial intent.
0: Right. No, that's a very um, interesting uh, perspective and one that I think folks are sort of cautiously optimistic because they don't know how to approach it and and um, I think that those are those are really strong words of advice for folks to to not be shy and kind of dive in head first and play with it and get into it and let's zoom in now into podcasting because there's so many different content formats but with podcasting that I mean AI is really I mean it was already um things were already changing even before uh, you know chat gpt but post in the post chat gpt world ai tools for every step of the way for podcast production has made podcasting much more achievable for everyday marketers right and so do you think that you know brands that have historically been shy to adopt podcasting as a format are going to be re-looking at this and saying that you know wow it's so easy to put these things together and really including podcasting in their content marketing sort of media mix?
1: They are, I see them looking at it because it's a a strange place we're in right now. They look at it and go, oh, there are these new tools that say that we can automate this and make it use AI to just create a podcast. Uh So they they get excited about creating a podcast, they look at these tools, then they realize two things. One, someone still has to use the tool and two, if you're creating content for a human, right now we're in a place where you still need a human to make, to give that human feel to it, to be received by a human. So I've been speaking a lot in the past year at conferences about both content and about podcasts particularly, and I have a, about three or four slides about AI. In those slides, they both have a, a when you need a human and when AI can assist and each time I do that presentation, I have to review it because today, this morning, this week, it all could have changed. So to stay current, I have to always review that so side to make sure that I'm not saying something that's not true anymore. It was true yesterday. Right. So, yeah. And one of the things is here's a, some consistent things so far. I always have to caveat AI with so far because it could change by the time we finish talking today. Right. But so far, it's great for planning your content is great for shortening your editing process. Um, what it's not great for is understanding why you're creating content, understanding your audience. Um, and then there's also the human elements, as I said, um, that, that are important. And even when I train our human audio editors, I give them this example. I said, what if you're editing a Barack Obama speech? If you take out every pause, it is no longer a Barack Obama speech yep. because the way he speaks is very thoughtful and poignant and where you have pauses and these, what they call it, pregnant pauses where it makes you lean in and go, what is he about to say? Yeah. If you let AI edit that, it'll automatically nicely remove all the pauses and it no longer is the same speech. So that's where you need a human to listen and think about what was important, Where what pauses were important, what ums or ahs were important. And even the the emotional part of that has to be left in there. And sometimes, like if, if someone says, hey, Abby, what's the meaning of life? If you answer immediately, the, the whole, I won't even believe you because you have to have some thought in there. You have to go, hmm, well, Lee, my thought is, so that's where AI has its limits and it's still a tool. And so with podcasting, it's a wonderful tool for professional podcasters to use and for amateur podcasters to learn. But for a business sense, you need a, a professional in there using it somewhere.
0: Very cool. So you you mentioned the strengths of AI and where it is good for. And these days uh, I want to spend a moment to talk about this this phrase synthetic content right where um, anything that is AI generated in whatever modality text format imagery audio music um, there's so much of synthetic content that is already coming into the stream in fact I was at a conference um, you know last month and one of the uh, the CMOs that I was talking to they were talking about, automated programmatic content for seo um was like they, they were trusting that they trained up the ai or they were trusting it to where there's no human intervention which is sort of scary and let's talk about that in the context of podcasting today so this is today when it's not even we've come a long way in terms of ai capabilities but just today i could really do an actual podcast right which is completely synthetic and powered by ai one can come up with an ai generated script i can do ai generated stingers for intros and outros i could do ai voices for, as a guest and a host and make it all sound pretty pretty real and it's sort of scary and surreal to be honest right so the reason i'm asking this question is i wanted to talk about trust so given the fact that we're recording a video podcast but there's lots of podcasts that are audio only do you feel the advent of ai is going to sort of have people um move towards you know audio only podcasts and do you feel there could be an element where for the for the listeners that sort of trust is going to start eroding because they wouldn't be able to tell a real piece of content from a synthetic piece of content. I know it's a long, long question, but I wanted to set that up correctly.
1: Yeah, I I absolutely see that there's going to be some eroding of trust. And one of the ways for the short term, I'm saying the next year or two, I think we're going to see people and companies lean more into conversational content like we're having right now, because what you ask me isn't pre-programmed and what I'm saying to you, I'm saying right now for the first time. And it has my opinion in it. It has my predictions in it. It has me saying I, and I think in it, these are things you won't get from AI because AI doesn't have experience. It can't say, I think now you can program it to do that, but, I think humans still have a deep sense of if there's a soul behind something being said. An example of that was just yesterday. I was examining a potential client's podcast and part of their podcast, they were reading a script. The other part, they were having conversation. Now, I was listening to the audio version first and I was like, why does this sound so robotic? Like, is he reading this? Is this AI? What is this? And why did it change? Turns out they also had a video version. So I went to watch the video version. On the video version, in fact, he was reading a script. He was looking away, reading a script, very word for word. It was very, it was precise. He didn't miss a word. He didn't pause. There were no ums. There were no thoughts. It was totally soulless. He was reading a script and it felt like it. Yeah. As a listener, I was disengaged because... He wasn't there. It, it was words on a script. I could tell something wasn't there. And then the moment he left the script and began having a conversation with his co-host, all of a sudden he began using his hands. Right. <laughs> he began pausing and thinking. And you could hear him go, uh, well, I don't really think that's true. Those things never happened when he was reading his script. So I say all of that to say that's where ai is today ai is like a human reading a script it lacks emotion it lacks pauses where it needs to be you can feel that it's lifeless will we get there in a few years absolutely i mean i've already heard and i'm always i'm, I'm just like you i'm studying ai every single day and part of my past career was also in radio and so i'm always warning my radio friends like look dude your job is really getting is, you might, might be losing it here because there's some new technology, and so I found, you know, a lot of AI who is that is able to put in those pauses and that natural feel for radio commercial and for radio announcing. Now, given that's still pre-programmed, but and it's not conversational yet, but that is a preview of what's to come, to where you will be able to program in a degree of thoughtfulness and you know life life into that conversation so i think in the next year or two we'll be getting there and it kind of scares me that we're heading through an election year too with all this going on um but um you know when you talk about trust you can't help but talk about those kind of things yeah so so yeah trust will be eroded and conversational content for the short being will be very important to capture real-time conversations to help maintain some of that trust For the meantime,
0: I wonder um, if I mean it's so fascinating hearing you say all those things. But I'm wondering what role does live podcasting have in all of this stuff? Because to me, that could be a way to sort of gain that trust. Because you know, we're not for to the listeners who are listening. This is you know not a live podcast. But what if it was? Would people believe in that and trust that more than kind of a canned um, podcast, which is released on a certain schedule?
1: Well, I don't think it's so much live versus pre-recorded. I think it's more video versus just audio Mm -hmm. because video gives you more cues. Like when I watched that guy, all of a sudden his hands began to move. They didn't move when he was reading the script. So hand movement, even little things. There's a lot of psychology to it that people have studied, but most of us don't realize. For example, we move our eyebrows when we have certain thoughts and if you look at a lot of the ai right now some of the better ones are picking up on that but some of the original ones i don't i, I think they're getting better i'll just say synthesia for example yeah one thing that tipped you off to synthesia's avatars was that their eyebrows did not move or the mouth did match all those little things and that's you know they're all getting better at it and there's a few of them like we we've played with like haygen for example yeah They've got that. The eyebrows are moving and the heads are moving and everything's, you know, it's, it's really, really good. Uh, You have to really pixel peek to see if that's even real or not. Um, So we're we're heading there. We're heading to a very scary place. Um, But as I say that, and I laugh when I say it, that's the kind of thing AI is missing still. The laugh while you say something, the laugh when somebody responds, the sound of worry, the emotion is still really hard to to replicate, and yeah, we're gonna get there how soon i I would predict within the next two years, but um, I think the middle ground of that is having content that is recreated from the real thing, like you know like if if I wanted to do this podcast in Spanish. It's still coming from me, but it takes me, it takes my soul to be behind that regenerated AI content. Um, So in terms of podcasting, if it's for specific information, not entertainment, AI can do it much faster. If I just want to get in, get some facts, like, for example, I love LinkedIn's daily wrap up of what happened today. That could totally be AI. I don't care about the person's personality. I don't care about what he thinks about it. I just want the news. I want the facts said and done. AI can totally replace that. Yeah. But if I want to hear somebody's opinion and I like that person and their personality, that will not be replaced anytime soon.
0: Yep. Yep. So you mentioned a couple of tools before, Synthesia and Hey Jen. So good segue into talking about tools there's like the script for artificial voices and does you know many other things there's you know HeyGen for translation and you know many many more so it's really hard you know to keep keep up with all these sort of tools and technology um as it pertains to podcasting unless you were in the business of podcasting and that list is endless and is growing and i feel that some of these tools are features which may get absorbed into an yes. a larger platform or what have you. But I would love to get your take on, you know, what are a few of your favorites and what do you like about them?
1: Okay. Well, you know, I have to start by saying, as a company who produces podcasts, we have to always be keen to all the tools that are out there and how our potential customers or our customers may perceive them as tools they can use to replace us. And what gives us comfort is what you said a moment ago about there's so many, it's hard to keep track of. And so part of what we have to do as a service is research all these tools all the time because they're always changing. And we don't expect our clients to do all that, and they shouldn't have to. It's a full-time job to keep on top of all. In fact, I would say at least twice a week, I send my team a new tool to say, hey, check this tool out. And it's for two reasons. One, to make sure it's not going to try to replace us. And two, to make sure that we know how to use that tool because our clients are also checking it out. So you mentioned Descript. Descript, at first, sounded like it could have been a possible threat to our business. Reality is it's just a great tool for our business. So when we use it, even we realize it takes some knowledge of audio and video to use the tool to get a good result you can get a rough result you can get a hobby level result but for business level you need some knowledge of what you're doing so even with that kind of tool you need to know what to use when and how otherwise you can really destroy the content you captured so it's still a tool we use it we don't we don't skirt around the fact that we use AI tools. We embrace all these AI tools and we're always studying what's the next thing. I had one before our call, 10 minutes before our call, I saw a new one. Hey, check this tool out. It's another editing tool. It could speed up our process and make us more efficient for our customers. But yet another tool that's not going to replace us because you need to know what your end result should be. I mean, even for a writer, imagine you have, we have ChatGPT, for example. The The day that came out, a few weeks later, in fact, we stopped hiring one of our contract writers. So if someone asked me, does it replace jobs? Does AI replace jobs? Well, I have to, I have to say yes, because we stopped hiring somebody the moment ChatGPT came out. Because that writer wasn't available when we needed them, and their job wasn't so complicated that BT couldn't do it, and it's always available. I say that because we still need someone to look at the output. So what happened was I took we had a long description for that writer, what we wanted that human to do. We took that long description and made it a prompt because we'd already done the work of writing out exactly what we a very detailed description of what we needed. That became a prompt. And that prompt gave us the output that that person would have gave us, but it still took a human to look at that output and say, is this good writing or not? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do we need to tweak the prompt? Same thing with audio and podcasting or video. It still takes a human to say, was that AI created or assisted content good or not? Does it need another iteration? And so again, with all the ai tools a human has to monitor and qa that particular output awesome
0: so the the, the sort of two part follow up to that so one is so you know you, you spoke about people losing jobs or, or you know, humans getting impacted or the talent pool getting impacted. So do you feel, or it sounds like you do, that, you know, there's going to be a world where copywriters and producers and voice talent and camera talent may be sort of dwindling as we get into the future?
1: Well, it reminds me of when I was working with someone in a totally unrelated, but this is going to tie back to this. We were trying to get an older part of a team to adopt something in, in Salesforce, totally unrelated. The, the person's response was they're either going to adopt or retire. You can't change them. <laughs> so that's kind of what's happening with AI. You're going to either adapt to what's happening or you're going to need to retire. So, something that's changed for us in terms of staffing is we're looking for AI experience in people's resumes. Like, do you have experience in Descript or can you write prompts? These are things that if you are an experienced audio editor or video editor, we're looking forward and we're saying, okay, you may be an expert at Adobe Premiere, Adobe Audition. These are our base tools that we all need to know in this company, but future forward We need to find people who are open to and who are eager to use AI tools. So if a person says I'm a pro at Adobe Premiere, been using it for 15 years, I'm going to say, okay, have you tried Descript? Have you ever written a prompt? Have you tried any other AI tools? If they say no, then they're less likely to get a job with us.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: So you have to be open to these things because at some point, I mean, right now, I'm open to somebody who uses Canva over Photoshop. A year or two ago, I'd have been like, no, no, not Canva. You're not you're not ready for prime time yet. We need somebody who knows Adobe Photoshop. Right. And at this point, we would hire somebody who knows how to use Canva if they're also open to using Mid Journey and Dolly. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. if it's on your resume, you have a much better chance of surviving. The AI apocalypse.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> I like the way you phrase that. So, the second part question was the modern podcasters' essential AI infused toolkit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What is your recommendation on the top three to five tools that are AI infused that you would recommend anybody who wants to do podcasting that they should look into?
1: Now, is this for someone who will be creating or like editing a podcast or just owning a podcast
0: well owning about like like me you know uh, so this podcast podcast is produced by this the amazing um folks at this company called market scaler ab 2 b um you know tech uh, b2b content um uh, company and shout out to that team um but a lot of people are kind of both they're podcast owners as well as podcast creators. They record their own stuff and handle the production and distribution themselves. So um, what is your recommendation for that?
1: So here's something, something that people, many people who are requesting podcasts don't know that's under the hood, which is when it comes down to very intricate editing or fixing audio, you need the professional tools. So, for example, if everything is recorded with perfect audio, no mistakes, no cross-talking, all, everything is perfect. Everybody's microphone is great and everything's quiet. You can go through a Descript, do some automatic um removal, some automatic studio quality fixing, and you can get away with it. But what happens is if you need more than that and your producer may not tell you this because we don't get into that detail with our clients, we don't have to, is we take it a level deeper most often into adobe audition which has higher level tools we can fine tune like let's remove that air condition or let's give that person's voice some more presence or let's balance these things out so there's a, a certain professional level if you want to get to that level that requires a human and it requires professional um granular level uh production so our toolkit. The base is Adobe Suite, whether it be Premiere for video or Audition for audio. That is the base because we can get down to a fine tune. I could remove a police siren that's happening while you're talking, that, that kind of level. That's needed sometimes. Your person using your automated tools, your AI right now, it's going to be difficult to find somebody who can do that. If things are recorded, Perfectly in the first place, then you can stay up a level with your your scripts and other tools. Now, as you mentioned earlier, what's happening is a lot of companies, especially the big ones like your Adobes, are buying up all this technology and they're incorporating it into their suites. So, in the past year, Adobe has added in Edit by Words, like Descript is doing. So now we can, you know, our our producers who are used to using Adobe can still go in, pull up, a, it automatically transcribes it. You can highlight text, hit delete, it comes out of it. We can do video and audio the same way. And if we wanna go deeper, we also have the traditional suite of tools to go deeper and do the fine level professional editing. So in a nutshell, it depends on how well your original content's created and how much you need it to sound professional. For a hobbyist, descript all the way. You could use that all day long. Yeah. Um, get a good microphone, good environment, and you're okay with a few mistakes. You're okay with that police siren, or you're okay with, you know, some mouth clicks or whatever. Right. Go for it. But if it's for a business, especially B two B, you need to have someone on your team, someone in there. Even if it's, in fact, what's going to happen is whether you know it or not somebody if they're going to provide you a high quality somebody somewhere is going to go beyond ai to create your content um it's not there yet where you can just pop it in the microwave and out comes a great sounding show just right. probably will never get to that point um, depending on the quality of what you record
0: right right awesome i mean that's that's a good realization that you know one size doesn't fit all it depends on the context of the podcast it depends if what's the you know what's the setting if it's a b2b a b2c is it a professional is it a prosumer uh sort of uh a setup so i think the context is very important um so no thank you for adding that perspective there so
1: i should mention one more part to that context yeah. is the format of your podcast If it's a solo podcast, like if you're just going to open a microphone and talk for 20 minutes by yourself, that's one microphone, one sound, one cleanup, one style of ums and pauses that could be easily automated. But once you add in two people with two different sounds, two different rooms, two different noises, two different whatever, uh, that's when it gets more complicated. And that's when you start to veer off of where automation can do everything for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very useful. Okay. So, um, coming into the home stretch here, um, as we wrap up this episode, what is your advice for marketers who have been sitting on the sidelines for AI? They've probably dabbled and played around with, you know, ChatGPT and you know, use it for ideation, even first drafts. Um, what is your advice for them in terms of, we spoke earlier in the episode about embracing AI, but how do you recommend that? I mean, you've been, you, you are a, you know, a common face in the speaking circuit and that sort of stuff. You, you're talking to hundreds of marketers, you're speaking at all these events where marketers and content people uh, typically hang out. What are you hearing from them, their thoughts and fears, and how do you recommend that they go about this AI journey and um, you know, the process of sort of embracing AI?
1: My biggest piece of advice is to not lose sight of the business purpose. Some marketers may come from a creative side of things and they may get caught up in how will it look if I'm caught using this AI to create something. Uh-huh. Forget that. <laughs> Think about the business purpose if you're hired to do a job and you're hired to output something your focus should be on outputting something and not so much on how you did it but did you do it did you complete the task did you deliver on time did you deliver for your business to drive business results if you want to keep a job in marketing you're hired to deliver results not to deliver a piece of art are the most amazing piece of art, because that's all subjective. Did it drive the business goal? So if you're tasked with writing an email, then use GPT to make it the best email and don't feel proud that you didn't pin it yourself. If you're creating an image for your blog post, you know, go to MidJourney, go to Dolly, make an image that fits the mood and the style of that article and get it out the door. Deliver that thing and focus on delivering and less on how you made that thing to deliver.
0: Right, means to an end, not the end itself, sounds
1: like. Exactly.
0: So this is a common question that I'll, I'll ask all my guests and it is very hard for people to answer it and I get wide, you know, widely different responses. So I am very interested in your perspective on this part. How do you see the future and how do you feel about it, you know, the future with AI when it comes to marketing and content and podcasting? Um, let's say the next two to five years, it's hard to for people to sort of fathom what that may look like, um, especially with talk of AGI being available in, in you know two to three years. But how do you see it and what's your take?
1: Well, the only thing for sure is that we don't know. What it's going to look like in two years—that's <laughs> the only thing for sure that we don't know. I am confident that I have no clue where we're going to be in two years, and I say that because if you had asked me last October where we would be right now, I would—I could not have imagined what's happened since November of 2022 in the world of AI. It's just unreal. So and not to mention that the fact that the leaders of the AI companies themselves are being cautious and secretive because they've seen things that have scared them. Yeah. And so we know that we are on the verge of AI thinking and doing it for itself. And once that is unleashed, in fact, what we have now probably was, maybe unintentionally or carefully unleashing to the public as it is. Uh But when we get to that next level of AI doing and thinking for itself, that's going to be another huge leap that we didn't anticipate in how things evolve. Um, Even now I find myself playing with prompts and testing the system to see what it will do and how it will respond. And, Everybody's doing that right now. We're all trying to break the system to see what it really will do. And I'm surprised every week about what it does. I ask about myself. I ask about my company. I ask about other people. And some of the answers are scarily surprising at how well it understands. And I use the word understand very purposefully, not just not just coming, bringing words together. There is a level of comprehension that is going on right now,
0: and, and cognition,
1: and cognition, right? And the fact that that's happening tells us that it may know what's going to happen two years from now, but we don't know.
0: <laughs> that's a, that's a really interesting answer. Thank you, Lee, yeah. and um, thank you so much for you know joining us today. Um, to our listeners, I mean, this is this is our attempt to try to make sense of AI and, and really see how it can elevate our marketing efforts when AI is used sort of thoughtfully and responsibly with the help and insights from experts like Lee. So Lee, appreciate your time and thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Abby.